An ordinary win calls for an extraordinary recap, which means after a 118-98 win over the Wizards, it is time for the debut of the Locked On Suns take cap. Not a recap, a take cap coming up right away for you on Locked On Suns. Network, your team every day. We are back. This is Locked On Phoenix Suns. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, and I'm your host, Brendan Clean, covering the Suns the past five seasons as a credentialed media member. Thank you from the bottom of my heart for making Locked On Suns your first listen every single day. We are on YouTube, growing that channel ever so surely. Giveaways galore. I don't even know where Kelly Oubre went. Here he is. If we get to 1,000 subscribers, one of you could win this young man right here. I will send him to you in a box and he will be yours. We're also, of course, on Spotify, Apple, Google, wherever you listen. And the best way, no matter if you're watching or listening, to support the show is to subscribe and to keep listening and watching. So thank you for doing that. You're already one step ahead of everybody else who's not joining us right now. But we have a lot to get to. As I said, take cap. Not a recap, a take cap. I feel like I'm going to need to get creative as these games keep coming fast and furious in this sun season. We are somehow only about a third of the way through, and uh, they are pretty darn good, and they are going to continue to blow teams out. So I think this could be a fun way to talk through a game while also zooming out, while also being ridiculous and having some fun. And so that's what we will do today. The show Here on this Friday is brought to you by Truebill, the new app that saves you money by helping you identify and stop paying for the subscriptions that you don't want or need. Truebill can even negotiate better deals on those you want to keep more from Truebill later in the show. We will start, I mean, the way we usually start these recap shows is with the big takeaway. So really, I'm giving you, I'm giving you a take a day on these games and you didn't even know it. You didn't even know I was doing it because I didn't have a name for it, but really, That's what I'm doing every single night on these first segments. So that's where we'll start. And I got to keep beating the dead horse a little bit here. I got to keep beating the drum, I think is actually the the metaphor, the idiom that I was looking for. On DeAndre Ayton, I've now done, I think, two or three shows this week just singing the praises of the big man, but... Uh, It's hard not to. Another double-double for him. Four assists. Actually, all of those came in the first half. I thought he might break his career high of six. He didn't end up getting any in the second half, but a nice, well-rounded game from him, and most of his damage actually came in a specific spot in the end of the second quarter going into halftime when uh, the Suns took back control of the game. I think Monty called the timeout at one point, and Chris, Paul, and DeAndre Ayton just did what they've been doing almost the whole time Devin Booker's been out, which is attack in the pick and roll, adapt in the pick and roll, and uh, destroy. I mean, that's really, there's no other way to put it. And so the take here is what I've been saying, but I would, I've been, the, the take I've been having is this is DeAndre Ayton's best season, but I almost feel like that's going to quickly become worn out because it's going to be so glaringly obvious that this is his best overall season, and so I don't even think that does it justice. So rather than that, what I'll go with here is 
DeAndre Ayton and Chris Paul are quickly going to become one of the more difficult to guard pick and roll combinations in the NBA. And you're probably thinking, well, that's been true since basically Paul got traded here. And I would probably agree. The Suns pick and roll offense as a whole has been the best in the NBA or right up there since Chris Paul got here. I would say, you know, maybe the Nets when they were at their absolute best for a couple of months there when Harden looked like an MVP. Maybe you could say the Jazz. Maybe you could say, I feel like I'm, I'm definitely forgetting a team, maybe the, the Mavericks, but the Hawks. But what sets this Suns team apart and this duo in particular apart and why I think this duo is going to be quickly one of, if not the best in the NBA, is because they both are learning one another and their teammates and their own games. I mean, I don't think it's really necessarily fair to say Chris Paul is still learning his own game, but I think he's rediscovering his game within the confines of this team because it looks different. It really does. You know, from the Houston through Oklahoma City, Chris Paul was taking a ton of threes, hunting switches, um, scoring more, and, and since he's been in Phoenix, he's able to really take a step back with that stuff and really be a distributor, really hunt that mid-range shot as a way to just take the the last little bit of predictability out of the Suns' offense where it's not always going to be the roll, it's not always going to be the three, but it might be me pulling up and, and knocking a shot down in your face, and you got to keep up with that too, as we saw tonight when during, I believe it was that same second quarter stretch, Chris Paul stared Wes Unsell Jr., the Wizards coach, down right in his eyes and 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 mimicked the timeout sign. Not to call his own, because of course the Suns didn't have possession, but to tell Mr. Unsell to go ahead and call one because he his team could not contain what it was Chris Paul was doing. So that's there. And then Aiton's versatility and his growth that I've been preaching about all week on, in terms of the floater game developing, the efficiency inside, and also the passing, and he's putting all of that together. Paul is figuring out how he can maximize Aiton and maximize himself. And then, of course, on top of that, you have the pretty sophisticated off-ball stuff that the Suns have been doing for basically all of 2021 this calendar year. And that all together makes it pretty impossible, and it stem to guard, and it stems from Aiton and Paul. It stems from those two guys figuring things out, and tonight was a perfect encapsulation because we've seen Chris Paul turn it on and end a team's hopes of, uh, and I don't want to you know, be disrespectful to the Wizards, but they did go into halftime already down double digits thanks to that close of the half that Paul and Aiton were able to do, but the difference with that stretch over other ones is that Aiton was equal, an equal partner in that, and of course, having Paul and his magnificent passing and IQ and ability to read the defense, he probably deserves more of the credit. It's it's probably not 50-50, but the defense increasingly is having to respect Aiton as a part of how the Suns are attacking them. You have to respect the seal inside on a switch from DeAndre Aiton. You have to respect his passing. You have to respect his touch and accuracy around the basket. You can't allow him to have an easy shot. That stuff wasn't really there in the past. Maybe by you know, the later stages of the playoffs, 
You might have said that, but in the finals, it certainly didn't feel that way. I don't think we've seen it consistently the way that we have the past month or so from DeAndre Ayton ever in his career, and we're seeing it now. Couple that with with Chris Paul, and it's pretty potent. We'll talk about my next take. I actually, I don't even know. I don't even know where this is going to go. Actually, I do. It'll be about Mikael Bridges. We'll talk about him in just one second. First, though, a quick word from Truebill. Business scams, those are not good. Here's an example of one. Free trials, so-called free trials, renewing without your consent. And pretty easy to see why that happens. Companies want to keep taking your money. They want to keep taking your attention. They want to keep you in their pocketbooks. So don't let that happen. Don't let those greedy big businesses screw you over. Download Truebill to take control of your subscription. Truebill is the new app that helps you identify and stop paying for the subscriptions that you don't need, want, or maybe just forgot about. Because companies make subscriptions so hard to cancel, Truebill popped up, flipped that script, make it incredibly simple. All you have to do is link your accounts, cancel, and Truebill will cancel your unwanted subscriptions in just one tap. In addition, Truebill Concierge is there when you need it to cancel those subscriptions so you don't even have to do it. You don't even have to do it manually. It will identify them for you and it will delete them if it feels like uh, maybe it'll prompt you. I don't think it's acting of its own accord here, but it'll let you know, hey, you don't use this one. You haven't opened this. You haven't accessed this account in a long time. Do you want to cancel it? So don't fall for subscription scams. Start canceling today at Truebill.com slash NBA. Go right now, Truebill.com slash NBA. Of course, all one word, NBA. That's Truebill.com slash NBA. Take number two in our take cap of the Suns 118 to 98 win over the Washington Wizards. Thank you for making Lockdown Suns your first listen every day after big blowouts like this, after whatever happens against Charlotte on Sunday. I'm your guy. I am here every day. Thank you for listening and watching and subscribing and following and all that good stuff. But let's get to Mikhail Bridges. Take cap or take number two in the take cap here. So I was watching Bradley Beal, frankly, carve up the Suns. I mean, you can question to what extent it mattered. He had five turnovers. He didn't lead the team to a win. You know, they were without Spencer Dinwiddie. I will obviously admit that readily. But the problem is separate from what we learned out of watching it. So 26 points, 11 of 18 shooting. Beal had a pretty good night, right? Bridges, Mikhail Bridges, of course, was his primary defender. That's pretty much the case no matter what shape or size the opponent's best scorer comes in outside of maybe the obvious post players that Aiton will take. Beal is kind of unique. I mean, it's really him and Booker. Maybe you could say C.J. McCollum in this class of two guards who play and dominated all three levels as scorers and can have the ball in their hands or not have the ball in their hands. And and that's a tough type of matchup. I obviously get that. Beal is a guy who pushes to lead the entire NBA in scoring most seasons. But post-game, the I don't I don't want this to come off over overly negative, because I'll get to my balanced take on it in a second. But basically the best Monty could explain it was Yes, Beal scored like that, 
Yes, he quieted down in the second half, but really it was all it was only a matter of making him work. And that's that's the phrase you hear a lot of coaches use. It's the phrase that Monty uses a ton with Mikhail Bridges. Um, because at the end of the day, there's certain players where that's all you can hope for. In some instances. And that's where that's where I want to get with this take is I wonder if in man-to-man defense, and again, I want to reiterate, I don't even mean this to be overly negative. It's an observation. I'm not changing the reality of things. I'm just, I'm just trying to think through what Bridges' defensive ceiling is, and my take might be his, his ceiling as a one-on-one defender. It might just be to make it hard. It might just be to limit and, you know, combat and stymie more so than it is to stop or completely take off guard. Yes, we saw it with Steph Curry, but that was rare. And honestly, Steph has played well against Mikhail in the past, so I don't know. We'll have to see on Christmas. Maybe that unravels my theory, but you know pretty early with a lot of these guys if they're going to be flat-out, legitimate stoppers. Like Kawhi Leonard, by his you know mid-20s, was winning the finals MVP, was making you know game after game, like game-changing, scheme-changing, highlight-level defensive plays to actively limit opposing all-star caliber scorers. I mean, that was that was obvious with Kawhi right away. That was obvious with, I would even say, Andre Iguodala. Maybe you could say that about Paul George. Definitely Drew Holiday, who had his breakout against Portland in the first round almost five years ago now where the Pelicans swept the Trailblazers mostly because Holiday turned Lillard into a a JV player. And so you know it early. You do. I mean, yes, there's something to be said for development. This is only Mikhail Bridges' fourth season. But that's where I come back to. It's not a negative. Because I just think it might be something where we have to reevaluate and rethink how we value his defense. We might just have to think about it differently. The value that he brings is the versatility of being able to defend all sorts of different players, of being able to switch within a game and not all, you know, it's not Revis Island, it's not Bridges Island. I know we do the Mikhail Jail joke and it isn't really a joke a lot of nights, but the reality is he spends time on a lot of different players. And then, of course, last but not least, last certainly not least, last but most, his team defense is, is ridiculous. He's in, improved as a shot blocker. He's all over the passing lanes. His IQ is ridiculous. He's a one-man fast-break stopper when he has the, um, the, the, the line of sight and he has the path to the ball. He's going to completely squelch out fast-break and transition opportunities. His team defense and overall impact on the Suns' scheme is is obviously second to none, and 
He can defend all those guys, and he can make them work. So I guess what I'm saying is you see these metrics where he grades out super highly among defensive players. You know, the on-off stuff isn't always great, and, and maybe you wish his impact overall, those numbers were even a little bit higher. But he, he obviously demonstrates that, and I think maybe the way we need to talk about it is that the versatility and the cumulative effect of all those different things that he can do is what's great about him, is what's incredible about him. And it's not that you go put him on Bradley Beal and Bradley Beal scores in single digits. There's so few players who can do that, but I feel like he gets talked about as if he is one when really the thing we should be praising and talking about and, and observing and, and enjoying about him is that it's it's the all-around impact that he's able to have on a defense that's special, that sets him apart. And I think that's just how I've been trying to think about Bridges in general this season. Rather than always setting our sights and expectations and conversation about him at such a high level that might be unattainable, why not just think about and talk about what does make him great? And I think that's what it is. And it, it reminded me of it today where Beal is only uh, is scoring 26 points, but the rest of the team is combining for 72. Bridges is a team high plus 19 despite shooting 3 of 10 from the field and he has a steal and he is all over the place and you notice him when you're watching. Well, what do we really make of that? Because his man scored really well. So it can't just be that he's a defensive stopper. That doesn't seem quite accurate. So hopefully take number two there helps you guys think about that a little bit more and uh, and appreciate it a little bit more. I have a final take for you guys here in the inaugural take cap after a 118-98 Suns victory over the Washington Wizards. We'll get to it. First, though, quick word from Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar ever this holiday season. Grab the protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. Built Bar, filled with so much holiday goodness, rich with decadent flavor, covered in chocolate, but best of all, amazingly low in calories, sugar, net carbs, and fat while staying high in protein. You get the best of both worlds, delicious and healthy with a Built Bar. Built Bar gives you the extra fuel you need to bust down the mall doors and battle holiday shoppers, or if you're standing in endless shopping lines, Built Bar can, of course, give you that extra something to keep you going just a little longer. So throw one in your jacket or purse. You never know when you're going to need it. Maybe enjoying a sweet treat like a hot cocoa, you dip that Built Bar right into that piping hot cup, let it melt a little bit, and give your beverage a bit of that Built Bar flavor. I promise you, these Built Bar flavors are probably better than any of the hot cocoa mixes you have in your cabinet. I promise you. Plus, of course, you have that nice melty Built Bar to go right along with it. Everybody has their favorite. Everybody might be finding a new favorite because all throughout the holiday season, Built Bar is unveiling new flavors constantly. So go to Built.com, peruse. Maybe you have your favorite, but maybe there's something there that'll catch your interest. So go to Built.com, use the promo code LOCK15 when you make your purchase to get 15% off your next order. Again, that's promo code LOCK15, 15% off at Built.com. Today's show also brought to you by BetOnline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and the easiest place to make a bet all year long and, of course, into 2022. We have football season closing out in the NFL, bowl season upon us in college and the football college football playoff not too far away either. So head to that new updated betonline.ag site or their mobile app, make an account, and when you do, use the promo code LOCKEDON when you make your first deposit to get a 50% welcome bonus. That's promo code LOCKED15, uh, sorry, LOCKEDON 
When you make your first deposit, get a 50% welcome bonus straight to your account. From basketball, football, the NHL, boxing, UFC, to even your favorite Vegas casino games, Bet Online again, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports. Bet Online, where the game starts. Dipping, digging a little bit deeper here for take number three in our take cap, the first one ever, 118.98. Suns win. Thank you for making Locked On Suns your first listen here after this big win, 23 and 5. I'm just throwing facts at you. I'm throwing facts about the show at you. I'm throwing facts about this Suns team at you. They're winning their record, all the stuff. And it's uh, it's just the facts of life this season. But sometimes it's just crazy to say it. Just crazy to say it and think about it. I'm trying to think. I had a few ideas for this last take. And the one that I... I don't know if I'm ready to do it. I don't know if I'm ready to come down on one side or the other with Cameron Johnson. But he's been catching, he's just been been intriguing me so much all year. I mean, all of his career. He's been on this podcast two times last season, and he's somebody that I like to talk with and is interesting. I doubted him so much coming in, and he's obviously exceeded expectations. Talked about him yesterday on the show in terms of not wanting to trade him because I do think there's still some growth to be had and I think you're kind of selling low. But I also think that there's a part of this where you have to just be honest with yourself if you are a James Jones or Monty Williams and he's he has the opportunities, him and, and Landry Shamit both, but I think the expectation, I just think the ceiling is higher for Cam Johnson because he's a bigger player, because he can do, you know, he's flashed a little bit more, I think, and uh, the size just is always going to win out. But both of those guys have the green light and the opportunity whenever they want to, to do more. I, I firmly believe that. I mean, yes, in the backup unit, in the in the second unit for this team, which we do, we, we've been seeing quite a bit of just straight bench lineups because Booker's been out. And even before that, we've been seeing it a lot because they're not staggered as much. Those guys have the flexibility. In that second unit, it's Payne and it's McGee, but catch the ball. Somebody comes and closes out on you, and, and all of a sudden you're having to drive in and, and make a decision. You can take that ball to the rack and try to get something out of that. You can you know, probe the defense and, and maybe dish a pass out. And we, we actually did see Cam Johnson toss a lob today, which which reiterates that. But at the end of the day, you look at the numbers. His scoring is up, but only by half a point per game. He is at an almost identical usage, almost an identical three-point rate, almost an identical true shooting percentage. Cam Johnson's having the same season he had last year. And considering I was talking about will he take Jay Crowder's minutes, will he be closing games over Jay Crowder, will he be maybe the guy to break out and become more of a consistent scorer, even over Bridges and Aiton? None of that's happened, and it's not to say that he's really anything wrong with that. He had a great season last year, and so if he had a pretty identical season, it would be another great season. I don't mean to cast any aspersions, but I do mean to acknowledge that Maybe that's just who he is. 
And this is something else I talked about yesterday. At the very end of the segment, I got into the contract thing, and I, I talked to you guys about 538's projections for the next five years. And I actually used it as a reason to not get rid of him because, again, I do think that there's some aspect of it where you could still feel like you're selling a little bit low. He is uh, 25 years old. He'll be 26 by the end of the season. So there's still plenty of years of improvement ahead of him. And I just think those flashes are worth investigating if you're a team that's already developed him into the player that he is. But three seasons in, he's basically put together three identical seasons, and especially the past two. So maybe there's not an opportunity for him to be more on this team, or maybe he just isn't more. And tonight's game, you know, encapsulated that to a degree, you know, because he had that flash of the the lob pass and he had a couple charges where uh, I guess it was more illegal screens per just personal fouls where he was setting screens a little too hard. And there's times on the on his drives to the basket, he'll get called for charges. And you can feel that that force that he wants to be playing with that he's sort of feeling out. And so you had that on the one hand again tonight. But then you look at the box score and it's like 13 points. All but one of his shots came from deep. Really, the ways he affected the game were his energy, ability to run the floor, his his IQ moving without the ball, and then knocking down threes. You know, he, he does his job defensively, but it's not like he's anything particularly game-changing on that end. It's it's a three-point shooter. It's a three-point specialist. As much as we get excited about all the other stuff, that's what he's been. And so I just, this game jumped out to me, and it's been part of a trend. I believe Kellen Olsen had it on Twitter today that Cam Johnson's the second-leading scorer for this Suns team since Booker has been out. And that's, I mean, it's pretty remarkable when you think about it, but it's just been him getting hot from deep. That's really what's driven this. There hasn't been a game where he has a bunch of drives to the basket or, you know, he's getting to the free throw line or any of that. It's just making his shots. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. That's an incredibly valuable player to have. Somebody who can take a high volume, has the size to get his shot off and can make 40 plus percent of those. That's awesome. But I wonder if, again, similar to what I was saying with Bridges, as this team starts to kind of lock into place, it's worth just sort of putting it out there and thinking about it more correctly, what a player is within this team and what Bridges is, or what Cam Johnson is, is a shooter. It's what he's great at. It's what he does best. It's what brings the most value to this particular team. And it's the role he's going to play all year if the Suns want to win a championship. That's what he will be doing. So press pause on the breakout? I'm not too sure. More to come next week. Thanks for another great week, folks. Listenership, YouTube subscriptions, all of it has been another step forward. And I I really do love, uh, it means a lot to me that you guys listen and watch and all that. So on that note, We'll be back on Monday recapping what happens against the Charlotte Hornets on Sunday. Thanks for making Locked on Suns your first listen every day, and I will talk to you next week.